Now, earlier this morning, Brian O'Connell was out and about on the streets of Cork asking what locals thought of last night's new restrictions. It's probably expected, really. So do you think the public support is there for these new restrictions? I would think so. It's probably better than a complete lockdown, isn't it? That we can go about our business some way. Are we still all in this together? I think so. I think yeah. the majority of people are all in this together. And if this is what gets us to a point where we don't have that second full lockdown, you're happy? Definitely, without a doubt, yes. What did you think of the new restrictions announced yesterday? They're the best they can do, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, no easy answers to it, like, you know. Mm-hmm. I think they're common sense enough, like, you know. Um, the sporting uh, restrictions? The codes away from matches and things, is it? Yeah. I suppose they could relax that a bit, all right, like, you know, because we're doing the best we can. Are, are, we only, are we living with it? Some other some consultant there says we should be tech, we're only living with it. We're reacting to it rather than taking the ball step. But I, I don't know what ball step you take, like, you know. And you have to balance business as well. You have to try and keep the country going. What did you think of the restrictions announced yesterday? It's the young people that you watch, not the old people. The restrictions, OK, we have to obey the rules. But the young people, pubs, everybody likes a drink. But I say that they should look at the pubs first before the old people. Even the ones selling food? Even the ones selling food, because they're going from there to parties afterwards. And do you feel that older people are now paying the price unfairly? 100%. They're being punished for everything. Is there a sense this is the first time maybe that the public aren't fully behind the guidelines? I don't know because we're getting drips and drabs, we're not getting all the answers. What did you make of it yesterday? I think we're going backwards anyway. I think it's two steps forward, one step back and I think it's an awful lot of contradictions as well from them to be honest with you. I know he was talking about house parties and stuff but that it was all brought on by the not opening the pubs. Is there a sense that this was the first time that maybe the public aren't fully behind yeah. the guidelines? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it has an awful lot too with changing the three top people. We're taking out Brad Carr Harris and the education fella as well. We were looking at them every night and I know myself I don't have the same backing in them as I did with the others. Um, Do you feel sympathy for older people? Yeah. I think they're rushing the schools without having too many guidelines. I have two kids going back and I just feel they're more concentrating on just getting them open and not about what you need to do to get it open. It was just we're getting them open on the 31st and that's it. And that was Brian O'Connell speaking to some locals on the streets of Cork last night, getting their reaction to the restrictions that we heard announced. Um, Eamon Ryan, Minister for Climate Action Communications Network and Transport and leader of the Green Party. Good morning to you. Good morning, sir. And thank you very much for joining us this morning. Um, So you told yesterday's press conference when, when these new COVID measures were announced that Irish people are fed up and a lot of frustration, I think, uh, apparent um, across the papers today and also even, even there in Brian O'Connell's um, chat to people in Cork about these new rules and the question of fairness coming up I think again and again um, do you accept there are some contradictions in what has been announced? There are, can I say just what I said there yesterday people are fed up, we're all fed up with Covid it, there's nothing good in this we're also fearful of it You know the consequences if it really did come back uh, at scale and also I think the Irish people want us to work together still to, to manage that and I think we can do that um, and, and yes, it's difficult. It, it was much easier maybe back in March. I was asking that lady, you know, it was, uh, confidence in, uh, in the previous administrations. But to a certain and I think they did a good job. But it was in some ways easier then because you're saying just stay at home and, and, and lock down everyone. And, and that at least was very clear and very easy to understand. The reality is now we're in a different phase and it's a more difficult one. And it, it does have contradictions, uh, being honest. 
But I suppose the core contradiction or what we're trying to do here is we're saying just because of the spike recently, and that's what's causing it, it's not for a reason other than good medical health advice, is we have to restrict what is optional to make sure we can keep doing what is essential. You know, we, we want to keep people working. We, we, we can't just all go back to kind of, you know, shutdown. Um, we do want our children back in school and in college. That, uh, and so there are contradictions there. You say, well, you're saying on the one hand, you know, we can't have these indoor parties or big congregations. Uh, but at the same time, our children are going to school with a class of 20, 30, whatever. But that's because I suppose the government is of the view that it is essential that we try and return to school. And the... Politics of this is difficult, but sometimes one of the colleagues says to saying it's events sometimes drive it. And it's a difficulty because we're seeing the spike coming just at the same time as that essential return to school, return to work, kind of return to college is about to take place. Mm. Um, so for all those reasons, we decided to heed the health advice, to act uh, immediately, to try and for this key next phase to try and make sure we do protect the essential, the okay. essential quality well, of life. Well, you only heeded some of the health advice, but we might get to that in, in a moment. Just if we could look at some of the contradictions. And I understand what you're saying that, you know, to an extent, there has to be, if you're saying that schools are essential, that schools have to go back, but we can look at some other stuff that's optional. But if we just look at some of the stuff that, that, that uh, we heard of yesterday, can you explain to people, because I think people just are trying to understand this and they want to do what's right. But when, when there are glaring contradictions, it's hard to understand. So maybe you can, you can help us. Um, why people can go to a wedding of 50 people, but they can't, for example, have a normal sized children's birthday party in their house. Can, were, can you explain that? Because for a number of reasons. Well, firstly, what the government decided yesterday, and there was various advice, was on that particular issue, we want to say, no, let's just look at this to see are there ways in which we can do it where we don't restrict weddings down to six people. And I suppose sometimes you do make decisions, you say, OK, you heed the health advice. But what we said is rather than us accepting that and say, OK, that's what we're going to implement, the cabinet decided, no, actually, what we want to do is go back on that and look to see are there ways in which it could be possible to hold weddings where the numbers would be, I think, currently 50 is the is the current limit. But, and, but is it not the case, Minister, that it's either safe or it's not? And there is, I, I was listening to Philip Nolan this morning on the, on the radio, he was very good on Morning Island, saying all of this is risk assessment. It isn't black and white. And there is a, you're always making judgment calls. And I mean, the, if you're going zero risk, none of us would ever leave home again. There would, we'd literally completely lock down. But that's not viable. That's not right. So you do have to make some risk calls. In that case, in that particular recommendation, the government said, no, um, we actually think what we want to do is look at that again, look at it further. Are there ways in which we can do that rather than restricting weddings down to six people. Okay, what about uh, why it is that I can go to a pub if I want now that serves food across the road from uh, Dalyman Park. I can watch a League of Ireland match on TV in a room with lots of other people all drinking alcohol, but we can't then all walk across the road and watch the match outside, socially distanced. That's where we were um, heeding the health advice. Uh, and without going into the details, because it, it, it's kind of, you know, the NEFID release and, and the health authorities, it's their responsibility to publish information. We had a meeting on Sunday, myself, the Taoiseach and the, and the Taunished uh, with Ronan Glynn, where we got an update on the, on the latest um, figures, where uh, 
um, the virus is spreading. And the Cabinet got a similar update yesterday. And it is all over the country. Every county in the last two weeks has seen some sort of incidents. Um, if I'm, I'm going on memory here, but I think what Ron was saying is that there were about seven instances that were connected, clusters now, that were connected to sporting events. And, and it's not just the, the match, and even and even there you're making an assessment because obviously, come back, if you were zero risk, well, you wouldn't have any football or any type of sport. But actually there's real benefits from that. There's real health benefits, so you want that. But what, what the health people seem to be saying is, and they're judging it as best they can quickly, is that there is an increasing instance around sporting events, not just the event itself, but before and after. And to minimise that risks, they say, actually, we should just restrict it to the behind closed doors. The same as we see, I was watching European soccer last night, Mm. it's the same process, that you can still have the game, you can still have the contest, you can still have the sport, but actually for health risk assessment... Does it make sense to you that you could have a group of people watching it indoors in a pub? having alcohol and can't watch it outside the, the same group of people. No, and I think Does again, it make sense? again, in relation to alcohol, what, what Neffert was saying there yesterday is we do have to be really careful. No, but that just on, on that particular point, does it make sense to you? People are not going into, pe- pe- people would be going into pubs for, to, ha- to have a meal. It's around a table. It's mm-hmm. not sitting in the old fashioned way. We're all sitting around watching okay. the match. Um, it, and another one is, is the indoor gatherings. And for example, if you had an older couple who have four children, they all live in different houses. They can't now all gather for a Sunday meal. Um, but one of them was getting married they could all get together Yes, if you have a marriage, as I said. Is it, but that would have to be done in a way, what the Cabinet says, let's go back and look at that in this way. Is that, could that be done in a way that uh, minimises the risk? Okay. Uh, I think one of the things that people feel maybe is happening here is that you're looking in the wrong direction to an extent, that there's all this talk about pubs and house parties, and we will get onto that in a, in a second. But at the same time, there's the questions around meat plants and high-risk workplaces and, and um, addressing situations like congregated settings. And the, le- the letter that Neffert wrote uh, to the government yesterday addresses this again um, and it points out again its concern with high risk populations and high risk workplaces and it says it reiterates the urgency with which its recommendations of the 4th and the 6th of August should be implemented. Now I won't go through all of those recommendations but just one or two of them. One of them is to address the issues of low pay and worries about job security which can be a deterrent for people coming forward for testing in high risk workplaces. Has anything been done or will anything be done by the government to address that? Yes it will be done but it's not. it hasn't been possible since the 4th of August to what, change what the entire industry. I think we should be looking at root and branch review of the entire, that particular industry, the food processing industry, to look to see what is the quality of life and con- conditions of the workforce to minimise, to improve and maximise their public health. Make sure that all plants, all factories, all companies have proper occupational health systems in place so that the health of the workers does come first and is protected every time. And in that way, public health changed okay, as so well. So when will that happen? I think this is going to take place. The, everything is going to have to be set out over, particularly over the next year. It's not something you can't change an entire industry over a week. Mm. But actually, yes, as part of the roadmap that will be set out in next month, I think... in, included in that is the more medium term objectives around how you reduce, particularly in the workplace, health risks. So are we talking about then about uh, looking at the issue of low pay and looking about the issue of sick pay? Are, are, are those the things you yeah, plan to address the entire, in the next year? The entire variety of, of, of occupational health measures that we need to see, make sure that all our industries, and, and it's every industry, um, that, that, they, that they are applied to the highest level and use this pandemic as we have to do in some other cases. We, there's nothing good in it, but if 
we can use it to change our society in a variety of different we, ways. So the we better. can expect legislation on that in the next we year? We should definitely. Government has to make, make sure that we learn the lessons from this right. pandemic and included in that is work practices and industry practices which have been shown by the pandemic not to be Okay. Another thing that an effort raised around this issue of vulnerable groups in particular is to take immediate action, it said, and again it's reiterating this from, from recommendations over the last couple of weeks, to address the risks with congregated settings, that's people lived, living in crowded conditions, such as, for example, direct provision. We know that that has been a big problem. Is anything going to be done in the immediate term? Government had already that. committed towards changing our tired direct provision centre. One of the first things that was done in both meat plants factories and direct provision and other centres is serial testing of every individual on a weekly basis to make sure that we, we, we first of all, address and find out where the problem exists. Mm. And, and that is, I mean, one of the difficulties and that is, is that, uh, as again I heard on the, uh, some of the earlier radio programmes today, that um, rapid expansion in testing has led to a certain delay in terms of the, the turnaround that has to change. We have to get our testing times right down back again. I'm I, I, I'm confident that the HSE will be able to do that. We will. We have that hundred thousand tests a week. But, but just on that, Minister, I want to come back to the congregated settings in a second. But on that issue of testing and where we found ourselves with relatively small outbreaks in in, in the in the overall scheme of things, that we suddenly fi- find ourselves overrun. How was that allowed to happen? We've had about three months now of relatively low numbers. Why was wasn't every resource put in place to make sure that we were ready when it came because we knew it was going to come. But I, I, I think the system was cut off guard with the speed of it and the Whose need for us that? to... Whose fault is that? The system? The, I mean, who is the system? Whose fault is it? it? It's the entire political administrative system. We, did, we In the rapid scaling up, yes, the system was not responsive quick enough in terms of able to but get the speed of testing. But who has responsibility for that? Is it the, the health gov- minister? Is it the head of the HSE? Gov- is it the Taoiseach? The, the, the entire system. Uh, including the political system. But what we're committing to do and acting as fast as we can is to say, OK, that's not good enough. We have to get our testing times down. And actually, each of us in all our different roles within government and within the, uh, within the public system to say, we will do this. Okay, and, will and, we look to and the government is, is committing to setting to up a permanent it. contact tracing system whereby we're not relying on pulling people out sort of on a voluntary that, basis when we need them. That was one of the difficulties, I think, that that yeah, that the that the system had difficulty getting the level of the number of public health officials able to do the contact tracing. And I think that's something that we won't that, that we have to learn from, make sure that that doesn't happen again. Um, I, I was asking about direct provision, and I know you were talking about testing um, on a weekly basis. But the NEFID recommendations that is one of their recommendations, but one of their other the recommendations is to address the congregated settings problem, people living in close quarters. We know the disease thrives on that. What is going to be done in the short term to address it? There are, I mean, there are provisions in the short run, the likes of the City West facility where, we, you know, if people are in a difficult circumstances, we want to create a safe space where they'll be able to get out to it. There, there, there are difficulties with that, people not wanting to kind of use such such facilities. We may have to look at other similar facilities around the country. But ultimately, the problem, again, go back to a singer earlier on about how you fundamentally address the problem. We need to move away from our direct provision process system in the first place. That, and that fundamentally that, has to change. Is that going to happen in that, time to no, that stop will, this from happening no, again? No, but, but actually we shouldn't ignore the actual fundamental change we need to make, and that is to change away from the current direct provision system. And we can use this process All to right. actually start that. So is it fair to pl- say then in relation to direct provision and people living in close quarters, which again, we 
know has been a major problem over the last couple of months, that the government's approach is to test, to catch it, but not to prevent it. And also provide the likes of provision in city wells and elsewhere where you can take people out of dangerous okay. circumstances. Um, you mentioned a couple of divergences, divergences rather from the public health advice, um, the weddings being one of them, for example. I just want to ask you about a couple of more. Maybe you can explain it uh, to people why, why the government decision was as it was. Um, Neffet wanted closing times for, for pubs and restaurants to be 10.30. It was 11 o'clock and instead of going to 10.30, the government went to 11.30. You extended um, closing times in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, why? Because the government assessed that the risk there, they didn't see that the risk was actually attached to the time. It was actually to the management of the pub, to making sure we don't have any instances where your pubs are flouting the rules. And actually, if it's an orderly, properly properly done out process, we think over an extended period, it could actually be just as safe. It's not actually, in fact, if you're if you're trying to cram people into a certain shorter period of time, it might be less safe. That was okay. a judgment called by the government. Neffet also said that people should be wearing masks when they're arriving at restaurants and it should be mandatory for staff. Uh, the government didn't go for that. Why? The government doesn't agree with that. It doesn't disagree with that recommendation. Rather, it didn't. Uh, it focused on what it saw as some of the key measures uh, and uh, the regulations. Uh, it'll be up to the Minister of Health and the Minister of Justice as well to ensure the policing of it implement the various recommendations. But rather than listing out the entire Neffet letter, I suppose the government focused okay. on some of the key measures. What you certainly didn't go for was private vehicles. The recommendation that people shouldn't share private vehicles, and if they do, masks should be made mandatory in private vehicles in the same way it is for public transport. That, that seems to make a lot of sense, doesn't it? If you get on a train, no. you have to wear a mask I, I, because I, I, you're mixing the, with the people. The device is absolutely agreed. If people are sharing a car now with people who are not from the household, yes, they should wear, wear a mask. Is I think it that's good public health. The difficulty is we'll be making that mandatory on a policing basis. And the government made the assessment yesterday that we don't, we didn't see the mechanism immediately where we could introduce the, introduce the policing of that. So certainly that is the advice. That is what people should do on pu- good public health advice. Uh, if we find a way where you can actually police that in a way that is effective and doesn't lose public confidence in the system, uh, then then by all means we would introduce it. But the government didn't feel that that existed yesterday. OK, can you explain to me then also about uh, the, if we're back to contradiction, School transport is a big one and a lot of parents very worried about that, uh, piling their kids onto school transport that is not socially distanced when we're being told that it should be. What what is going to happen there? Again, what the government did is accepted the recommendations uh, of NEFID and the need for us to try and uh, uh, ensure safety in all our different transport systems. Um, What it said is we would have to look at that further. We're proceeding as planned with the opening of our schools that in terms of the provision of additional services to to meet the specific method recommendation. We said we are going to have to work on that. We don't have the provisions today to what would effectively requiring a doubling of the public mm-hmm. transport fleet or a changing of the time system. So rather than saying no to that or rather than just committing to something where, where we didn't have the clear mechanism to deliver it, we said in that case that mm-hmm. we wanted to, to review it and, so you and agree in principle that, that you agree in principle with the NEFID recommendation that students should be socially distanced on public transport. Absolutely. The All government. Right. So no why one, no do you agree in principle with that? With that yeah, minister? of course. Okay. No one Can I then just ask you that. because we know since people have started using public transport, ordinary people, not students, over the last couple of months, we have known for months that they have to socially distance on that. How could we find ourselves a week before the schools are reopening with the government that's telling us we're going to look at whether or not we have the capacity to um, increase uh, enough public transport for schools that schools would, that students will be able to socially distance? How, how have we left it till now? The, there's a whole range of different issues that we have to get right in the opening of of our schools. Uh, I, I, 
and it will vary between different, there'll be different circumstances between primary schools and, and, and uh, secondary schools. In terms of the advice on that public school uh, and public bus service, that only arrived yesterday and the government said, OK, we're going to ask the Department of Health and Education to, to liaise with the public authorities to see how we could deliver it. That, that is sometimes uh, the, uh, was it Mike Ryan said, sometimes speed rather than, than a, uh, perfection. Well, some, and sometimes events kind of over overcoming the recent spike in the recent weeks is is, is calling on government right. and all can us I, as a people. Can if I, I can finish, no, can I just ask you, Minister, as Minister for Transport, did you do anything in the last couple of months to see was there capacity there to make sure that our students and our children will be able to socially distance on school buses when they're going to school, or have you just asked that question now a week before the schools are going to open? No, we were. I was looking to see do we have additional bus services. There wasn't any clear. The answer to that was no. But following the NEFRA advice, which only arrived yesterday, the NEFRA letter arrived yesterday, I contacted my, my department to say, can we look further and see what we can do? And gave that advice to, to a cabinet yesterday. And that was part of the the. the decision where we said, OK, we're going to have to go back and see again what we can do. Okay, and when can we expect an answer in relation to that? For, for parents be... out there who are listening, who are really worried about putting their child on a bus sitting directly next to somebody, mask or no mask, a crowded bus, when can they expect to hear an answer as to when they're going to get socially distanced buses? That has to be in the coming week. That, that sort of, those sort of arrangements, we're going to have to look at what is possible. All right. Um, house parties uh, do seem to be a problem, according to Neffet. We know that 172 of the 290 um, cases or outbreaks or clusters, I'm not sure which, but they were in, in private households. Um, now, obviously, not all of those were house parties, um, but there's talk now about emergency powers for Gardaí to address it. Uh, do you think those emergency powers will make a big difference? I think it will, but I think I'll, I'll be honest. I think probably the most important thing here is the way we police ourselves as a community. I've seen in my own community, I think young people have really, and it's not just young people, it's actually all ages. I, I, I think that, again, people in the listen pop, this way of, of, of picturing this as young people, old people, I think most all Irish people have actually um, done uh, really well in terms of how we approach this. Okay. I think there is a fatigue and I think as people said, you know, that and understandably of all ages, people kind of loosened their their uh, their restrictions, their own restrictions in recent weeks. And I think the call today and from Neffet is the right one to say, OK, we have to tighten our, 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 our attention. We have to be show more judgment right. to to, uh, to actually work collectively. And I think Irish people will respond to that. I think the people in the Vox Pop uh, said it exactly right, that, that they recognise that there is a new spike. We do have to respond to that okay. and we will do that collectively. And just can I ask you briefly, Minister, um, and thank you for your time this morning. Patrick Costello, uh, one of your TDs, a Green Party TD, was, was on the show yesterday about the Leaving Cert um, and a lot of concerns as well in around that and, and the algorithm and whether or not we're going to say, say, face the same problems um, that we've seen in the UK. Uh, calls for that algorithm to be published. The Minister for Education said yesterday that's not her plan. Do you think it should be I understand published? what she said yesterday. She was reviewing uh, what had happened in the UK because I think we're particularly have to learn to, from the problems that they had there and, and said that she would be doing that. This will not be decided on until the 7th of September. As I understand should the it, results should it be published out. in the short term before the results come out? That, that is going to be up to the Minister of Education as the part of the review she's doing. I don't want to second call or second guess her 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 call on that. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. That's Eamon Ryan, Minister for Climate Action Communications Network, Networks and Transport. Lots and lots and lots of texts in relation to this entire issue. I'll try to get to some of those after the break. 
Today with Sarah McInerney on RTE Radio 1.